Internet, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel, the superior shaving system designed for people with coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. Right now, if you go to getbevel.com and punch in promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, you get 20% off your first purchase. Go to getbevel.com, punch in promo code COMBAT, like me, for 20% off your purchase. Stop fucking around and shave like a boss. Yo, internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, combatjackshow.com. I got the flu right now, so if I'm Oh Jesus, man, I didn't if know I that. sound a little I sound a little I'd kooky. Clear away from you. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, we already shook hands oh. in the whole night. Oh man. Yeah, gave you the pound, everything. Zika. Oh. Zika. My cousin Zika's in the building. What up, King? What's going on, Pimpin? Yo, man, listen. Um, every now and then, man, we have a guest that's such an honor, and I was telling him. Now, over the years, what I measure somebody that I really appreciate is how many times I bought their albums or albums that they were affiliated with. So, mm. um, you know, Stetsasonic, um, Daylight, Daylight Soul, baby, um, Grave Diggers, Prince Amongst Thieves. Yo, Internets, let's welcome to the Combat Jackson, one of the most prolific legends of our time, Coming. Mr. Prince Paul. Yeah. Yeah, give myself a round of applause. Yeah, what's up, Prince? <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a long time coming, man. And and that introduction is really good for my ego. Yeah. Yo, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, that's man. good, man. That's good. Yo, yeah. listen, before we jump into it, man, what does touche et lele pool mean? You know what? I, I will expose that on the Combat Jack show. And touche et lele pool is shut the hell up backwards. Shut the hell up backwards. Yeah, touche et lele pool. Yo, listen, yeah. man. Um, <laughs> you started out as a DJ. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been spinning since it's going to sound crazy since I was 10 that. Wow. That was 1977. Wow. And that's that's like small time. That's like, you know, kind of piecing stuff together and family stuff and in the room back in the days of um Grandmaster Flowers mm. and Wow, Royer from Brooklyn. And, uh, yeah, man, see I, I that that's that's really like my first first Flowers. Is is flowers. People don't like talk hearing, about flowers. People don't talk about flowers, they don't talk about my boy, they don't talk about King Charles, they don't Damn. talk about a lot of the a lot of the, the great DJs, it's the the Bronx really kind of had more flamboyance, yes. you know, and and the, and the record selection was different and the MCs. But as far as my early thing was like just power, cat stacking up speakers, and those were the cats that kind of ran things. Now you started collecting records at four years old, man. I, I, yeah, I've been collecting records for a minute. My first record I bought at I think it's like four or five years old was um, James Brown. Hot Pants, and the same day I bought um, Groove Me, King Floyd, and it was at May's Department Store. May, yeah. Yo, how were you buying records at four years old, my dude? Because while, you know, people had the ability to buy, you know, wanted toys, I right. should say, I asked my mom, I was like, yo, I just want records. Okay. You know, I had a Mickey Mouse record player you know, with, the, with the finger yeah. and, the, and, the, and, the, and the needle and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I wanted records. You know, that's that's all crazy, man. So you were destined to do this, man. I, I mean, in hindsight, it, it would appear to be so. I, I, you know, to be, to, I, to, I mean, saying that, like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, right. I'm like, you know, it's, I never knew I'd even be here on the, on the show. Right, so right, right, right. It's right. all appreciative. So looking back then, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Amityville. Amityville, Long Island. 
Yo, yeah. were you traumatized by the Amityville horror, man? Nah, because that was in the white part of the neighborhood. Okay. I lived in the black part of the neighborhood. <laughs> so the, 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 to be traumatized was by a place called The Block, which is Albany and Great Neck, and it was known as the drug capital of Long Island. Now, that was that was, real. That was a horror. That, that was my reality. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that was the horror. That was a horror. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, man, what'd your parents do? My parents, my dad was a truck driver. My mom um, did a few things. She worked in a department store. She was a nurse. Um, and then when I was nine, my dad passed away. Mm. He's actually the, the one who introduced me more or less to, like, record collecting. He's, right. a, he's a big jazz collector. So, you know, that was my whole thing uh, early on. The time I was collecting those records, right. four years old, was Coltrane. And all I remember still only swung. I'm like, oh, God. But now as I'm older, I can appreciate it more. But then, you know, you want melodies. Yes, 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 yes. It was about WBLS and WWRL 16. So you're talking about how he was influenced by your father's record collection. Yes. And also radio. Yeah. Yeah, radio... I think what kids don't get now is was really diverse in the 70s. So diverse. In comparison now, right? You got, you got like the Bee Gees and mm-hmm. you, you got like... Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, James Brown, Earth, Wind, Fire. Then you got... Ohio players. Then you got Disco Duck. Do- yeah, Disco <laughs> yeah, Duck. It was all over the place. Doobie Brothers. My favorite Doobie station Brothers. was WABC. Oh, WABC. WABC had all the diverse shit. What? So, so you're listening to the radio and you're, you're, you're getting this, this wide palette. Yeah. Yeah, that, it definitely helps you as a DJ and, and just as a music lover, you know, you know, like now it's like, you know, I hate to go now, you know, and then, but, you know, it's all this all day, all this yeah, all day, all Every, that, yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah, everything's kind of just chopped up, yeah. you know, where I think back in the days, man, it was so cool because you had a little bit of everything and your appreciation of music was so vast. Yes, 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 yes. You know? Yes. Why don't they do that anymore? I guess. Man, you know, we got smarter, I guess. Smarter. <laughs> so let's car- compart- compartmentalize everything, man. Right. Um, you were listening to late legendary DJs as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like my early, I guess, remembering DJs was like Grandmaster Flowers, right. um, DJ Hollywood. DJ Hollywood. Um, PTJ Jones, PTJ uh, Jones, um, Maboya. I mean, that was like early, early, and then you know, after that, you know, even in Long Island, we had DJs like Dollar Bill, Yago Dog, Pleasure Crew, and then over in Queens, I think it was Cypher Sounds, yeah. um, the Disco not, Twins, not, not the same Cypher. Oh no, 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 the, like the yeah, the Disco Twins, yeah. and then of course everybody knows everybody from the Bronx, like yes. Grandmaster Flash knows, and and that to me was more of the bigger influence because they were like almost like comic book superheroes yes. to me it was like you hear the tapes and then yep. you're like whoa yo, exactly what's this what they were. that's exactly what they were man yeah you, you're like oh, yo oh where, where were you man when you first heard hip-hop man i don't even know because it wasn't even called hip-hop right um probably hmm, the first man it was probably east new york my grandmother lived on glenmore so it was around that area and i, I remember it's just big speakers and everybody just getting down. I remember the DJ then, and oh Jesus, I had to be around around nine, right? right maybe right. it was yeah. real early. It's yeah. like, yo, what is this? Because being a music lover to begin with, and then all of a sudden seeing that in that capacity. Remember the speakers, like the wall of speakers yes, and yes, the power, yes, 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 yes. and the Jamaicans always beat out everybody. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> what? They had the craziest sounds. Yep. They blow clash, everybody clash, out. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that was the excitement, right. you know. And, and I was like, "Yo, I want to do that." But back then, you remember, like being a DJ, 
meant how much power you had. Your skill level had something to do in your collection, but your power confirmed you being the best yes. DJ at the time. So you wanted power, huh? Oh, man, I, 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 was, not, I was never getting power. Right. So all I could do is at that point was just practice and collect my records. And practicing, there, I don't remember scratching. I remember it was with, eh, eh. And that was it. There was no. Right, 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 right. So I was practicing that, you know, and until I got good enough. When you got good enough, man, what was your first professional gig, man? Man, I had, man, if you want to talk about professional, that's probably with Stetson Sonic. Yeah. Um, in well, getting, the, getting in, a check. In, that's probably with Stetson. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, it, it was probably it was in high school um, doing Sweet 16 parties okay. with my man, uh, Newkirk. Yes. Um, you go back with Newkirk, man. Yeah, that was my man 50. Well, that's still my man 50 grand. That's yeah, yeah. I've known him since I was 14. We had a group called the Soul Brothers, mm. and that's, you know, we was doing parties together. $50. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was big money yeah, back then. big money, man. Yeah, what? Doing, you know, a little school party, six, sweet 16s. They hated us. Because yeah. all we did just rhyme and play play breaks. Uh, 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 <laughs> you know? yo, but, but how did you end up, like, you, had a, you did a stint once. DJ for Biz Marking. Oh man, Biz. Yeah, I, I'm. I've known Biz since I was probably around that 14, 15. He used right. to come to the um to the high school in Long Island, Anvil High School, and we used to go to my house and make tapes. Man, right. that was man. I wish I, I I really wish I could find those tapes. Oh man. And, and he used to come over and rhyme, and he and he actually, you know, still to this day we talk about it because one day he came by the house. Yo, Paul Cambar, you got made me funky. I can't remember the other records, but I remember that one in particular. Back then, I had a reputation for like, yo, Paul is nice. You know, it was like I didn't have the power, right? But I had the skill. You had, and, the, you had the skill and the hey, reputation. And 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 I prided myself on that. And we met. He used to come by the house. We used to make tapes, which I really wish we still had those right. tapes. Right. And that was the connection. And I, and he, I met the last time I remember that we made a tape. He borrowed some records. Went to go to my man Divine's house. He'll make some some you know a tape at Divine's. Then bar guy made me funky. Oh. Rock in the pocket, bootleg, and the and the, the flip side was midnight theme, and um, and some other record I can't remember, and I have never seen him again, and that was nineteen eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. Yo, how how was a young 84. biz? How was a young biz? Yo, he was like a biz now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like except thinner. You yeah. know, what I'm saying and and the um. I'm really, I'm really proud of him. Really happy for him because, because oh, he he deserves it. Because he was getting teased a lot. Like yeah. you know, when he made records like the Vapors, like I felt it in a different way because I've seen kids like laugh at him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and because of had, the way he looked at the time, the way he looked. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you know, come on, this guy's rhyming. Like they just nobody really took right. him serious. And Biz was always dope, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was dope, and he told a lot of stories too. So, you know, that make kids not believe him either. You right, know, he, right. Oh, man, if you talk to Kane or anybody, like, Biz would just come up with some random stuff. You're like, what? Yeah, man, this is Michael Jackson's car. You know, just like random. <sighs> just, you know, you just couldn't believe. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> see this rope I got on? I got it. I borrowed it from, from um, uh, Luther Vandross. Just like <laughs> stuff you just would never believe. And right. he would say stuff with a straight face. So right. it made his credibility kind of weird. Right, right, <laughs> you right, know right, right. Saying? But it, I guess it was all in goodness, you know. Now you also knew a young Rakim, man. Yeah, um, back in those days, it was uh, he was with this group called the Love Brothers. The Love Brothers. Yeah, and that and that was in Wine Dance, and you know we Anvil and Wine Dance was always rivals. So you'd bump into those guys, um, Chill, Daryl, 
Uh, Mitchell from uh, Groove Beat Chill. Yes. He was out there. Um, Damn, the Groove Beat Chill. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a lot of us, man. And then if you go one out further east, it was, uh, I remember seeing Parrish from EPMD. Right. Um, who was with, with um, Diamond J back then. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, like, you know, it's a lot, a lot of it's it's a lot of weird like history over there. What is it about Long Island, man, that made the hip hop scene so vibrant? You, you know, I I think part of it too is not being from places like the. Well, I'll go back and say this: um, a lot of the people from Long Island are from the five boroughs, right? So you, you know what I'm saying, and then you combine that together with hearing what the Bronx was doing, Queens was doing, Brooklyn was doing. Um, you can only fantasize and make your own. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're like, man, they must do this. They must do that. So you, you're doing a super duper right, version right, right. of what they're doing. So it's, it's crazy because in a sense, feeling left out gave you guys the ingenuity to create shit that we never heard before. And, and it, yeah. And a lot of it was just over, overcompensating. Cause like I said, we looked at those guys as superheroes. Right. Oh, if he got like, you know, uh, I don't know if, the power to fly. I'm about the power to fly and see through walls, and you know. So you're trying to make yourself that much better right, and that right. much more creative because you just fantasize about how great these guys are. Yeah, they're beyond like belief. How'd you get with Stetson? Man, Stet, I was doing Stetson a Sonic. I was doing a block party. I can't remember where in Brooklyn. Um, and was this a Brevoit Day celebration? Ah, I think so. I think so. DJ battle. And, and I remember the guys who made the was it Dy- Dynamic Dynamite Three. Can't stop till I reach the top. Can't. I don't know if you remember that song, but they were there, and I remember it was like a battle, and and you were in the battle. I I, I kind of ended up in a battle, the battle of the DJs, and that's kind of like I guess you call it turntablism, like behind the back with the mouth mm. and all stuff, and I was showing off because I really, in my mind, back then I thought nobody in the world could ever beat me. I, right. I thought I was that nice, and, and I practiced all the time, and you know. And I caught the attention of Stet. And, so you won that battle? Um, by the crowd's decision. By the crowd's yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yo, like I said, I thought I was really nice. Like, you can't beat me. I'm that good. And you met, you met, you met Daddy-O. Daddy-O approached me, and he ran up. Him and Delight. I remember they had beads on in their hair. It was long. <laughs> and they wore spikes. And it was like, yo, that's him. And I'm like, I'm not even from around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd I do? Yeah, and they were like, no, you the DJ. Yo, showmanship is what we need. Yo, this is Wise. Wise just joined the group like mm-hmm. a week before. We won the Mr. Magic Rap Attack. Right. Over wow. in Brooklyn. Wow. We got a deal uh, with, with the, the the prize was a deal with Sugar Hill Records. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we need a DJ. And Fuquan wasn't down there. It, was, it wasn't down at that point. It was a guy named um, Crown Supreme. Grand Supreme, Crown Supreme, I can't remember. Um, and DBC wasn't down at that point. Okay. So, yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm with it. So when it's when they're telling you we have a deal, are you believing it? I didn't care. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because making records wasn't in, in my reality. You know what I'm saying? It was just, and we're talking about, like, this is, I met them, what, 83 maybe? Damn. You know what I'm saying? And, and making records was for, like, the Fat Boys. Right. And LL Cool J came out with his first record. Right. It was just beyond belief. Right. It was, it was so beyond, early. beyond belief. Yeah. So it's like, record, whatever. I just want a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you guys got a group. You know, my group with Newkirk broke up. It was my man Newkirk and this guy named Mike Tulux. And we parted ways. I'm like, bet. I just want a, I just want a DJ. You just want a DJ. Yeah. Not knowing that you would really end up in a deal. N- not not at all. Even when we made demos, it was like, yeah, we're going to make a demo. I'm like, cool. Like, I didn't know what a demo was. Right, right, right. So I was making demos and doing stuff for Tommy Boy before 
I even knew what was going on. I was right. signing a deal not knowing what I was signing. Right. It was that naive because right. it was just way out the scope of reality. Right. How was the experience with Statsasonic, man? Man, it it was the best times. I mean, in, in the sense of just everything being new, everybody being excited about the music. There was not. He was just ignorant to everything. You know, he, he, there was the music business side of it, the camaraderie, and I just thought daddy was just so dope. Like, right. I would just sit, I would just watch him in his house, you know, well, his apartment, um, rhyming, and I would just be fascinated. Like, he was just so dope to me, and he was just so wise and so smart, and, and just the ideas of, of having, a, you know, we're going to put a band together. I'm like, whoa, right, that's hip-hop cool. band. Yeah, it's like... Like, before the Roots, you guys were the first hip-hop band. Yeah, yeah, we had, you know, drummer, uh, me, the DJ keyboard player, and a human beatbox. So that that was like the, yeah. yeah people say that. You know, yeah, he's Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't get no roots check, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> know, <right? laughs> you know, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, in, in Full Gear, amazing album. Oh, thank you. Amazing album, Sally. Uh, you know, talking all that jazz. Talk about the production or the creating that album, man. Well, the, when we did the first record on fire, it was everybody sitting down collectively right. kind of making things and, you know, coming to the table with ideas. And then that one was a little more segregated. Right. It, you know, it was like, OK, Paul, uh, you make some beats. Daddy all make some some beats and, you know, we'll all come together, blah, blah, blah. But the lines got blurred a little bit on some songs. And, and, and I always like defend this to the end is that Sally was a, originally a remix for one of the records on on fire so we had we recorded sally way back when and i had programmed i had um got the sounds together fuquan programmed the drums and then daddy came with the concept right but me and fuquan never got credit credit (laughs) (laughs) talking about jazz delight came with the idea of using the 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 sample i mean that um i had newkirk play and i did the beat but I never got credit. Never got credit. <laughs> never got credit. Damn. But I didn't care. You didn't care. Because I didn't know. I mean, this is your internship. Yeah, I didn't know. This is your know. internship. I was just happy to be right, there. Right, But it gets weird when, you know, guys in the group, man, that's a really nice coat. Yeah. Man, what? How'd you get that nice bracelet and chain? Yeah, I don't yeah, I'm one. hungry. Can you buy me some lunch? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, certain guys are a little extra. Right. You know, and, and then that's when I was like, whoa, this. I wrote that, right? You know, I didn't know. I didn't. You didn't know writing. anything about publishing and songwriting nothing. or anything. And nobody cared to explain it to right, me. Right, right. So know. this light bulb goes off, and 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 now you know what the deal is. Oh man, the light bulb goes off when you have a, a great lawyer, right. and and that was a gentleman by the name of Eric Greenspan, mm-hmm. and he he was uh, out of L.A. and he was Ice T's lawyer at the time, a few other people, and he sat down and explained to me from top to bottom, and that was the and and that changed my life, right. You know, that that made the ability for me to sit here today and smile, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not go, man, so, you know, I'm crazy in these streets. So I'm I'm okay, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And 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 that helped a lot, man. It, it, and I listened. So at the time, you guys were signing Tommy Boy? Yeah, we signed to Tommy Boy. And Tommy Boy was kind of like popping. Tommy Boy was the label. Yeah, Tom, Tommy Boy w- was doing well. I mean, they had Planet Rock and then... Stetsasonic, you know, and then the Force MDs. Force MDs. You know, but what really blew it wide open was Three Feet High and Rising. Yes. You know, and, and that changed Tommy Boy's, I guess, idea to, to even market records. Right. Because if you notice after that, 
their whole style of marketing changed. Mm. And a lot of that was based on De La Soul. Right. And that's what we brought to the table. Right, we came right. with up with how we wanted to look, right. what's the logo, what's this, what's that, you know, and, and they were like, whoa, this is the this is where the format we use for all the groups right, now. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I. Um, uh, Tom Silverman didn't want you in Stetson. Uh, nah, it, yo, what was crazy is um, he wanted to fire you. Yeah, he he told Daddy, why do you have this DJ? Because I, when, when we went to record Just Say Stet, which we recorded in Tom Silverman's home because he had a studio in there, I knew exactly as a DJ what records I wanted to scratch. I had like these three records. And then I went to scratch him, and Tom was like, that's all the records he has? He's talking to Daddy-O. What kind of DJ is that? Oh, man. How come he didn't bring more? Why you even have him? And that about dissing me, dissing me. But those scratches on Just Say Stat are to be a future, futuristic for 1985. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you know, I'll rarely sit and brag about stuff, but as a DJ in the 80s, I I thought I thought I was really good. I was right. I was in, uh, inventing a lot of things, man. That I never got credit for right. the scratches. Right. So, yeah, I was proud of that, you know. And I, that I'd like to think I shut him up, but then he wins in the end because he made a lot of money off. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course <laughs> you of course, know. Yeah. So, um, what record was that? What that's a record? That's a record. Was it that got people robbed? Oh, um. Go Stetsa. Go Stetsa. Put it on in the Latin quarters. Yes. And a fight would break out without Automatically. Fail. Oh, what? Automatically. And you'd see people scampering and, and women. and, and you know, What was it, was it about the record, man? It's just the energy. Right. Um, as soon as, as, soon as she rant, people like, ah. Don't. Yeah. yeah. This, and it just got crazy, man. It, 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 you know, it was like a mosh pit of violence. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Buck 50, everything. What, but it was fun. <laughs> you know, that's the first time, you know, you look at like, ah, oh, this is crazy. You got to find your spot. Yeah, you don't yeah, get, yeah. get get got. And it was cool because all the artists in, in the <coughs> Latin quarters, there was a camaraderie. I remember Just Ice was telling me back then, and I thank him for this. He's like, yo, ain't nobody going to touch you. I got you. Damn. I was like, I and you know knew, Just And I, you knew you were safe. Yeah. And I didn't know Just Ice right, like that. He right. was just mad cool. Right. I mean. Damn, that's how bad it was. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> and you're the artist, and I'm and I'm the artist. You're man. the artist. I'm the artist, man. Like, yo, I, I mean, Latin Quarters was bad. I can't remember the club I was in, but yo, one time I got a gun pulled on me, and, and I got my chain robbed from me. And, Damn. And, no, was it my wallet too? I don't remember. I didn't have nothing in the wallet, right. but I remember, and my chain was fake, to be honest. So they didn't really get away with much. It was just humiliating. Just, yeah, your ego. They, they, what? You, you, you had a bruised yeah, ego. Yeah, you see some guys with some bubble bubble gooses back there, <laughs> with the furry collars. Yep, yep, yep. You know something wasn't, yep, yep, wasn't yep, good. Yep. Oh, that was, oh, never forget that. And, no. I, and I got robbed because I was sticking up for my friend like a freaking idiot. Damn. I'm all like 120 pounds at the time. Dummy. But, hey, it was hilarious. Hey, what, what do you do, man? Yeah. Um, Said G worked on your album, on, on the Stetson album, right? People say that, but no. No, he didn't. No. Okay. No, that that uh, I read that somewhere, and I was like, "Where'd that come from?" Right. You know, the only thing that I could say with said G is that we used the same studio, and that was Calliope, because that's where um, Ultramagnetic was was recording right. at at the time. Right. So that's probably the only you know kind of thing that I could see with said G being involved. So what happened to Sonic? You know what's weird is we did the last album was Blood, Sweat, and No Tears, right. and we just never came back together. Right. Like there was no call. There was no letter. The group is over. There's no, I'm quitting. It's Everybody just, that, just, yeah, there, there was no, just ran its course. Yeah. It, there's <sighs> no call back. Did that daddy O didn't, you know, call anybody or delight who were to me were the two leaders of the group. 
And Daddy-O went off to do his thing, and I was working with Dela. Mm. You know, which was like a blessing. Right. How did Dela happen, man? How'd you, how'd you meet those cats? Oh, man, Dela happened a lot because of Stet. Right. Um, I just didn't have the ability to... Stetson Sonic was a great learning experience for me, and I and I love those guys, and and it was a godsend. But you know, having a group that big limits you creatively, right? And you gotta understand, I was the youngest in the group, so like, yeah, you know, those guys were were a lot older than me, right? So you know, I'm coming in with like 18 year old ideas, and well, 17 year old at the time ideas, and they're like, yeah, 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 that's good, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but and, but this is really what you, what we want you to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of scratches on the first on fire album is Daddy O. Right. Because I went to scratch, he's like, nah, it's too complicated. Too complicated. You gotta go pant like Jam Master J. Jam Master J. God rest his soul. Right. You know, he would do it like this, and and I come back, and then my scratches are replaced. So I'm like, what? Damn. I want to show how fly I am. Right, right. You know, so, um, you know, with being limited like that, I have these ideas, and then you know, I met Maceo working on this project with a guy named Gangsta B. And uh, and that was furnished by our our music teacher by the name of Mr. Eric Collins, who was uh, played drums for the Osley Brothers. Wow! And so he had a label. He hired Gangster B to be the first rapper. Paul is the guy around the neighborhood who makes records. Come bring your drum machine. Bring the drum machine to program a beat. Mace is there, and we're like, uh, uh, this isn't sounding right. that great. But hey, I have a group named De La Soul. Yo, whatever you want to do, I'm we're down. I'm like, cool. You know, let me hear the demo. And the demo was a rougher plug tuning. Damn. And I was like, yo, this is incredible. What'd you think of the name, De La Soul? I was like, it's nev- nothing I never heard before. Crazy, time. right? Yeah, it was just, De La Soul to me was, uh, everything's a godsend, but that was just like, it was a match made in heaven because just the way we thought, you know, like I thought left, they thought left. Right. And it was like, yo, I can't believe that. And they respected what I did and I respected what they did. And so to come together and take platoon and, and add stuff to it and have them come over and listen. This is what I did to, to your demo. You know, when you dub cassettes back mm-hmm, in the days, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and um, they blew them away. And after that, you know, I became plug, plug four. four. Yeah, man. I was the mentor of plug right. four. And, and this was an opportunity where you're not being stifled right now. Yo, what? It, I could... Man, look, we did a song called De La Orgy, and that was just me going, hey, you know what would be funny? Let's all go in the booth and moan. And it was called a day. You know, it was that easy back right, then. Right. And it, it, it gave a, a chance for all my madness to kind of happen, and it gave opportunity for their creativity for me to kind of help them cultivate their ideas. Right. And that was important for me because I felt I didn't get an opportunity to do that in Sets of Sonic. Right. So I vowed that when I worked with De La We'd record everything and anything, and that's mm. why those records were so complex. Right, so dense. They yeah, were so yeah. dense. What man. we put every idea. My whole thing is like, I'm not going to shut it down until I hear it first. Right, and I, I I do that to this very day. Like people like you know, yeah, let's record whatever, and somebody like, nah, that'll be whack. I'm right. like, yo, let's record. Let's it. just record it. If it's whack, we will get rid let's, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but 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 yeah, let's let's record it. Yeah, right. It, it doesn't hurt, and and I don't see why people just shut things down. It's right. like a power thing, right? Right, right, definitely. So. Now you were you were also heavily influenced by the Bomb Squad. What? Who wasn't, man? That, yeah, Bomb Squad is incredible. I mean, which that, is crazy because they were influenced by Molly Mall. Yeah, they, they were a complex version of Molly Mall. I mean, right. and I'll go back to everybody was influenced by Molly Mall. Like he sampled sounds. Like what was that? Like where you get that kick and snare from? Everybody yep. using DMX and Lindrum machines and 808s and 909s, but he had something that was totally new. And the Bomb Squad just yo. I don't know, that just blew my mind away. 
you know, Long Island guys, man. And, right. and, and I knew them before the records came out. And I was like, I know you was making stuff like this. It's crazy. Crazy. So, Daylight gets signed to Tommy Boy. Yeah. Um, you guys get a budget of 20000 Yeah, it was like twenty, twenty-five thousand, 25000 To record the album. Record the album and pay ourselves. And pay yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah were, you, were you frugal with the budget? I didn't know what frugal was. I right. didn't know what budget was. I just made the record. You made the record. A, a, as cheap as possible. Right. You know, I, I remember I was still in the learning stage. I didn't know nothing about anything. Right. But they didn't know that. Right. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just made it for whatever the amount. We did those sessions, you know, that was 12 at night to 6 in the morning, the cheap ones. We buy our own reel of reels, you know, the, the 24 track tapes and whatever yeah. was cheaper, you right. know, because you bought from the studio. They, they bump they, up the yeah, price. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we, we did that record fairly cheap. Yo, talk about the freedom in sampling that you had back then. Oh, man, the freedom was based on the fact that what's, what's, what's a law mm. for sampling? Like, well, there was not, the, basically, there was no law at the time. It was so new, nobody right. knew. Even the technology of sampling was right, new. Right, right, So it, it's like, you know, we just went out there and just, Yo, that sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds good. I mean, it was common it was a knowledge. Fucking smorgasbord. What you can of take samples? Any, every record or whatever. The one thing you just knew not to use was obvious things like the Beatles. Yes. And there's certain things you just right. you just can't really mess right, with. Right, right. You know. Um, but other than that, yeah, we just took everything and anything and and got really creative. Um, yeah, miss those days, man. It, it's crazy that you can't make a record like that in 2016. Nah, it, it's it's. One, you got everybody, and, and as you, you know, you know, um, you got a bunch of samples, and everybody wants 50%. Right. It doesn't add up when right. a song is 100%. Right. <laughs> you know what of I'm course, of course. <laughs> people are like, I want 50, I want 50, I want 50. He's like, you can't work. Ah, then don't use the sample. Right, 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 so right. So it gets weird. Did you think Three Feet and high, high and Rising would be so successful? Not to the point of where it went. I, I, I told the guys, and because and it, it's like being a coach to me, right. like, you were the coach. Man. Yeah, yo, yo, man, we, we, we're going to go gold. But that's just to make it feel good. I never felt right. gold before. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? But it just went way beyond everybody's expectations. Like, And it went faster than they were prepared for. Because if people remember, like, the early Daylight shows weren't as they are today. Right. People, like, they would be like, what is this? Yes. The, the record's amazing, but the show don't match up you to You know the what? Records. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the shows being underwhelming. Yep, and, and 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 it took the it was a long road for them, you know, and they weren't prepared, and right. that's why the second record, De La Soul's Dead, is a very angry record, right, right. You know? which is kind of crazy because uh, we saw De La perform recently at at A three C, and they're such masters right now. Oh man, man they 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 got the crowd in the palm of their hand now. They know what to do. What? Everything is, they know each other. What they're gonna say? How they're gonna say it? it? It's amazing. What was the what was everybody's role in De La? Like what was Dave's role? What was Pasta Noose's role? Um, Maceo's role? You know, that's the cool thing that there is no role. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's you bring what to the table, what you bring to the table. So it wasn't like you're an MC, I'm producer, you know, I make beats, you do this. It's like everybody brought records in, everybody brought, you know, whatever they could, you know, add on. You could bring your homeboy. Who's your homeboy? Oh, that's my homeboy Q Tip. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You could. Whoever, you and know. that really happened, and that really happened. Like anybody was in the studio, you you getting recorded. If you was there, you'd have been in one Reco of those. Wow! Songs. <laughs> so if you look at the credits, it's Red Alert. It's this person, it's that person. Was ever in the studio? That's and, crazy. And that's how I recorded. Man, that's crazy. It was a family. How fun was that, man? It's like I mean, of course, nostalgia. When we look back, we think 
that those memories were better, but that had to be no. Amazing. All we did was was laugh, right. you know what I'm saying? Like ah, and and the, and then to try something, and then oh, this crazy, it worked out. It was just it. It, it was an innocent time. It was very innocent, and, and you know there was no pressure on us because nobody wasn't expecting much from us. The right. Label wasn't expecting much. Right. The crowd. I mean, the, you know, people love plug tuning, but nobody was really like. You know, waiting when, when that daylight record drops. So we was just really trying to just please ourselves. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. I just remember when potholes in my lawn dropped. Oh, oh my, my dude, yo. That was the video was real artsy. That, that shit was crazy. Yeah, that video was called Low Budget. Low Budget. <laughs> but, but it, but it looked, it looked, it, good. it worked for the record. Yes. Yes. It worked, it worked for the song. And yeah, I mean, thank you. And, and that was, uh, yeah, that was good times, man. You know, it, it it's it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. You know, when we look back then, man, we 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 kind of think that every rapper got along and it was like this big camaraderie, but that's not necessarily the case. You guys blew up, man. Did you guys create rivals? Like, did you guys have rivals? Um, you, you know what? It's not like today where you know you get on, you get a, a, a Twitter beef with Kanye and and, and Wiz Khalifa and everybody. I mean. Everybody, you know, our our thing was like, hey, what's up, man? But I'm blowing you out on record sales <laughs> and I'm blowing you out on stage. Right. More so on live show. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like people, if they didn't like you, they respected you. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, now there's more of a lack of respect. But, you know, it's like, yo, you do your thing. You know, hey, cats might not have been, you know, big into the Miami bass thing, but they respected Luke, mm-hmm. you know, because he did his thing where he did it. And yes. that's wherever you, you went. The Ghetto Boys, um, like the early Ghetto Boys. And if you go to the West Coast, you had Ice-T mm-hmm. and then NWA. And, you know, it, it was it was nice. But there was really no, like, like hardcore beefs that right. I can remember. Right, right, right. You know. So the, you guys bring in, you guys usher in the Daisy Age Shit is all happy. Why so angry on the next album? De La Soul is dead. Because the reality of success came in. It, the pressures of success. Which were what? Came in. It uh, was like, you know, I guess the guys, you know, you got to be at a certain time. We expect this of you. You got to do this. Just, you know. The, Completely came, different came, from it, the first record. Yep. It came fast. You know what I'm saying? And and wanting to do, we're like artistic guys. And they would want you to do stuff that you really don't want to do. You know, oh, you guys like daisies? Let's take a picture with some flowers shooting out your butt with this magazine. You know, you're like, what? You know, and everybody's pulling you everywhere right. and every which way. And so you guys rebelled against that. You, yeah, because we just made records on our, and music on our own terms. Right. And, and that was the beauty of it. And then people all of a sudden, you know, weren't around when the times were hard and making the records. But when the success is around, everybody wants to put their two cents in. Right. Like, you know, how you could be more successful or you know, or we helped you with the success. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it was just a weird time. Right. And the guys rebelled against it, you know, like, man, you know, I remember they were getting offers for like certain, like, I don't know, commercials and stuff. And they would turn it down. I'm sure in hindsight, they probably would have took it. Right. Right. But we were just artsy guys. It's all about the music and hip hop and, you know, what we love. Slightly off the topic, what I think kids don't realize is back in the eighties to me is like the civil rights movement mm. because you know, we had to fight for the respectability of the music. Right. You know, because people are so much against it. I don't know if you remember. It's like, yo, it's a fad. That, you know, yes, nobody yes, wanted yes. to play it. The you know, I, you know, everybody Frankie hated Crocker it. Crocker was like, nah, I'm not fucking what? with it. Yeah. You know, everybody hated it. Right, right, right. So, you know, creatively, we had to stick to our guns mm-hmm. and kind of persevere and make it to be respectable. 
to the point where now you can't you can't live without hip hop. And right. I think kids don't really realize that. And that same thing with De La Soul. We stuck by those old values. It was like, yo, this is what we do. You know, we don't. Me, myself, and I was a record that they didn't want to do. It, it, that was the right. last record on the album. So, and I can see that because that's that's such a commercial record. Yeah, and that, and that was the the idea. And you know, now they're trying to push us beyond that. Right. And we were, the cast were just really reluctant. Right, 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 right. So De La Soul is dead. You guys get five mics in the source, which was amazing. Which was amazing. That was big at the time. But you know, the source gave it five mics, but the world at large gave it like zero mics. Right. You know, I, I mean, I remember seeing articles. De La Soul is dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was not a liked record because people were thinking of Three Feet High and Rising, and it didn't live up to those expectations. It was a completely different record. Yep. Now, in hindsight, everybody's like, oh, it was great. But really, it wasn't like that when that record came out. It wasn't received like right, that. Right, right. You know? Internet's this portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Bevel, the superior shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. Now, Valentine's Day is amongst us, ladies. This is the perfect time for you to go out there and get your man that bevel kit so he can be looking all nice and well-groomed for when y'all do what y'all do on that Valentine's night evening. It's Valentine's Day. And fellas, stop fucking around. The ladies want the best from you. Get groomed up, man. Don't be no savage out here. Get groomed up. Go to getbevel.com, punch in promo code Combat, C-O-M-B-A-T, for 20% off your first purchase. That's getbevel.com, promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, 20% off. Stop fucking around and shave like a boss. And now back to the show. The third album, Balloon Mind State, yeah. which I have to say, sonically, is my favorite De La Soul album. Because it's so much musicianship in that record, man. Yeah, that's, it's like a grown-up record. Yes. Yeah, that that at that point, even production-wise, I was laying back more. Every album I, I laid back a little bit because my idea was to let those guys take control of their own music. Right. My job was to teach them. And at that point, their ideas were maturing more. And if you notice, like all the early stuff is real silly. That's mm -hmm. just my personality. Right. But as time moves on, even to this very day, those records, they get more of... of they get how, more intense, more yeah, serious. Yeah. Intense how, they, how they felt, you right. know. And that and that was a good start of, of where they were heading to. Right. And yeah, that's it's 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 funny. It's a record that when it came out, it was, you know, people like, eh. but now, you know, it's were like, they? Yeah. Like people like Chris Rock's like, yo, that's my favorite record. Yeah. That's made me like De La Soul and a lot of comedians like the right it's 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 weird. But when it came out it was like, Yeah, it's cool because right. everybody was into tribe then. Right. And that was always the comparison. Right. It's no low end theory. Right. Right. That was to, to that's where you measured how good you are, especially right. if you're native tongue. That's, yeah, exactly. And you guys are from the same tribe and Yeah. And and that was not a, a low end theory. So it was cool. You know, that I'm just saying that's what the audience is. Right. cool. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, how'd you get Russell on, on Saturday, man? Man, because, Russell Simmons. Man, you got Russell Simmons on Saturdays because De La Soul was popping. <laughs> was, no, Russell didn't do a lot of records. Nah, nah. It was just like, yo, Russell, we got Leo on Peace Parts too. Mm. We was like, yo, come down to the studio. We, you know, we got this uh this section for you, and he's like, yeah, cool, because everybody wanted to be a part of De La. It was right. such a cool thing to to be, you know. It, it's amazing when people like you, you know, when they don't like you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when you can't offer stuff anymore, people kind of... Mm. Yeah, yeah, we're not fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. How was it, man, Rush Management back in the day, man? Oh, man, how beautiful was Rush Management? You just randomly walk in there, you could see LL, you could see 
um, at any given time. Like, uh, I remember when they signed EPMD. Wow. Um, you know, Beastie Boys. It, it was such a, it was just crazy. And everybody's crazy. running around like, ah. It's just, it just so bizarre. You know, I remember when they signed Slick Rick. I think, man, yeah, that, that was crazy because he was having some problems at right. the time. Right, Um, And, you know, he, he everybody was very sensitive around Slick Rick. Right. Don't don't agitate him. I know, right? But Slick was very sensitive. <laughs> very sensitive, man. Right. You know, it, it was cool, and it, the, because the personalities were so big, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Were you starstruck, man? Yeah, I, pretty much. I was just like, you know, because remember, I'm the DJ. Nobody right. respects the DJ or cares right. about the DJ. So you know, especially in Stet. So you know, when I'm around these guys, and if cats were actually nice to me, I was like, whoa. He knows who I am. DMC is the nicest guy. What? And Run DMC in general to me was always really cool with me. And Jam Master J, and you know, it's funny you remember those things, and I think that helped me become who I am because I've never wanted to be that douchebag dude. Because right. a few dudes, I, of course, I'm not name names, and you go, "Oh my God, that's such such." Like, hey, 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 hey what's who, up? What's up? Yeah, oh, they dish, they might not even give you that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yo, this is crazy. I, I, no, I actually name a name. I remember I I met Herbie Lovebug. Mm. It was in front of MC Lights. Uh, was MC Lights. I think it was her birthday party or something. And I, I remember seeing him outside. I think Spinderella was outside. She was really nice. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I'm really a fan of your work. You know, um, <sighs> blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. And, and I, I said, well, well, let me explain who I am first. And I did that. I was like, I'm Chris Boy. Yeah. Okay. Same thing with Kwame. Kwame, Kwame did the same thing. Right. I remember it was the, the party for Three Feet High and Rising. Three Feet High and Rising. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember, because his record came out. I and it's your record. Song. It was my record. It's your record. But his record came out, and I loved that record. Right. Oh, his name is Kwame. Yeah. Dun, 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 whatever. That, I forgot the name of it. Uh, and I was like, yo, I love your record. I was like, oh, I'm Prince Paul. I, I produced this record. Da, da, da. He's like, yeah. That, that's crazy <laughs> that, that you had to explain me. who you were. We're arguably one of the biggest records, man, but, of it, the time. I, it was new to me. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and still to this day, I'm humbled. You know what I'm saying? Because I... I wasn't supposed to be there. Like, right. I'm way beyond whatever my imagination was. Like, I was supposed to be taking a civil service test and becoming a postman, right. in my eyes. Is that what you'd be doing if you didn't, if if music didn't happen? Well, I graduated college, and, and I went to go to, to actually for audio engineering, and I thought I was going to be a roadie. I was going right. to hook up equipment on the road and stuff, and worse comes to worse, like I said, to take the civil service test. Of course, that's always there. And become a postman. Yeah, yeah. And get an apartment, get benefits. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, and, and that... Cause, You'd be retiring right now. Hey, because there was nothing in my family that was beyond. Nobody graduated college. Nobody owned a house. Nobody owned a car. I mean, like, bought a brand new. You know, I'm the I'm the first to do all that. What family. is your family saying with your, with your career? What, what, what are they saying? I think they were just, they were amazed. Like you know your, mom, your mom's is like. Yeah, well, my mom passed in 2007. Wow. And from the, put like this, the first bit of money I made off of Three Feet High and Rising, I wanted a Benz. 190E so bad. I could see it was gray, it was kitted, and I bought my mom a house. And nice. I and I retired her from that day to the day she died. Wow, that's crazy. And, and that, that was my main, that was my goal, man. It was just her, you know, and she just four kids. You know what I'm saying? And people always say, I'm going to give my mom a house. Well, I did that, and I made way more money to kind of course, do things. Of course. But did you ever get that Benz? No, nah, and I'm glad I didn't because service was, was expensive. Right. I had a couple BMWs, but... Right. Nah, you used to collect cars. Oh, man. I, I had a few, man. One time, like, like an idiot, I had five cars. 
in a one-car garage, so that wasn't sexy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I grew up because right. insurance is expensive insurance, and maintenance yep. is expensive. Yep, yep, yep. So I, I only got three. Yep. <laughs> now. Let's talk about the Cactus album, man. Uh, yeah. how, how did that happen? Oh, man. Uh, what, Third base. Yeah. Search approached me and said, yo, we want to make our own buddy, like the De La Soul record buddy. And I was like, cool. And, you know, and, and so I gave him... Uh, I say, okay, I got two songs for you. So I gave him Gas Face. So Gas even though it sounds nothing like Buddy, that's where we brought in Zev Love X, who people know as MF Doom MF now. Doom. Yeah, and and I, 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 man, I love being a producer back then because I was like, yo, there was no beat tape. There was no, like, listen to this. It's like, yo, you're doing these two songs because that's, that's how I hear you. Right. And that's how we recorded. And, and yo, that was fun. It was real quick. It was easy. You know, Search is a character, as you know. Yes. Um, you know, blacker than me at the time. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. High top fade. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, oh, what's up? I'm like, hey, man, slow it down a bit, yeah, man. It's slows, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, but, um, yeah, and, and it was great. It, those guys knew their business, especially Pete Nice. <coughs> you know, really knew Like his he business. knew his business. Oh, I mean, knew his business in terms of like, you know, if I put this sample in here, that means I wrote part of the record. Mm. You know, it's like like very smart and calculating. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I can't be mad at him for that, but there was like a lot of little things I could see them maneuvering, right. like even between the two, you know, and not nothing bad, but just like, yo, these guys really know what they're doing. Right. Like right, right. They, they're not coming in here like, you know, like how I did. It was like, hey man, I'm just glad to be here. No, no, no. They knew the business. Right. And that and and that which made me learn it even better. You know. That's crazy, because I remember back then Russell was doubling down with third base. Because he wanted them to be the new beasties. Was there pressure on you for that, man? Nah, that, that, nah, there was no pressure on me for that at all. Because I only did two songs. Right. You know, and that's all I wanted to do. I think they would offer me more. But my thing is, like, I'm just going to be short and sweet. I'm going to do whatever right. I think I could really maximize on. You know, and that's it. it. You know what's so funny? There was so many things offered to me at the time, and I turned it down before the sake. Like, like what? I mean, yo, I... um. B-52's Love Shack. Yeah, right. They asked me to remix it before wow. it came out. It's wow. like, yo, we do. It's like, nah, I'm busy. <laughs> uh, wow. Here, here you go. Um, Black Cat by Janet Jackson. Hey, can you work on this song? Nah, I'm busy. Really? It was all for this. Prince. I was, like, uh, you, you I was, had an opportunity to work with Prince. Uh, Prince uh, invited me to see Paisley Park when he signed George Clinton. Right. Because they wanted me to, because I remixed the song for George Clinton. He'd come out to the studios. No, nah, I'm man, busy. I'm busy. You know, it's, it's, do you regret that? No, because I like where I am right now. Right. I don't know where that would have headed me. It may be better. It might have been worse. But where I am right now, I, 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 I'm, I'm proud right. of. So that's whether good or bad. Right. You know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, in hindsight, you know, you look at like, that's cool. And I gave Daddy-O the Love Shack remix. Right. You know, uh, but, but I'm just thinking like terms of like money. Like I, I didn't care about money too much. I mean, I, I never had it before. Whatever was there was there. But you weren't doing it for the money. You were doing it for the for the props. strictly for the love, and for, that's dangerous because people will take advantage right. of that. And I, and as time went on, I learned that, and and even to this day, I'm cleaning up, you know, stuff that I've done in my youth. Right. <laughs> you know, saying so, not being aware, just like music, 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 love music. Now it's just the opposite. People think of the money way before you think of the music. Right, 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 right. It's weird. How was it working with a, a young Zev Love X? Man, it. it it's it's working like like a MF Doom. Well, the last time I seen him, he's the same guy. 
that's so beautiful about him. Like he has not changed. Right. Like he's very respectful. He's you know like oh Prince Paul. You know like those guys were like in awe. Which I was like me, which is even more amazing. But that's why they made the gas face refill. It's like yo Paul, what do you think of this? We're gonna. It's like a homage to gas face and da da da. And and even when I, the last time I spoke to Doom, he's still yo Paul. What do you think? You know he. He told me when he's going to do the Doom Posters thing. Yeah, that's tough talk about that, man. I mean, he, he called me up and he's like, yo, I can't travel to all these places. And he ran down. Well, the, well, why couldn't he travel? Um, I think part of it was like, you know, it's family and certain, certain things. Right. And then if you get two gigs at the same time or, you know, things just logistically couldn't do it. I'm thinking of this idea. I'm like, yo, that sounds crazy. I'd try it, see what happens. Right. Next thing you know, it becomes a phenomenon. Right. I'm like, people like, is it really him or not him? I was like, he pulled it he off. He really didn't. Yeah. Same thing, same thing with, with RZA, you know, like with Wu-Tang Clan. He sits in my house and like, yeah, guy got all these little flavors and they styles and put out the record myself. I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. Let's get this gravy thing, digger thing popping. You know what I'm saying? And then right. in hindsight, I look back like, what? I wish I had invested $10 in, in Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> that would have been a great investment. Now, you've known RZA for a long time, man. I've known him for a minute. Yeah, since I did Three Feet High and Rising. His manager was Mel Kwan, uh, and magic, Mel Kwan managed Sir I Boo as well. Sir I Boo, damn. Yeah, yeah, because I used to tease RZA. I'm like, oh, you bet I Boo style. Damn. <laughs> damn. Now, now, did you work on, on uh, We Love You, Rakim? Uh, indirectly, I did, because that was a, a demo that Mel Kwan, I took him to, to Calliope Studios. Right. It was a demo, and I, I was showing RZA how to work the SB12. I was like, yo, this is how you do your kick snare, you sample, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, cool. And so I did like, I was like, I'm just going to like do a skeleton beat, like, you know, and then you could change it later. Right. But they used the same beat. Same and I didn't beat. realize right, that. Right, right. And that became, Ooh, we love you, Rakeem. Um, yeah, I knew him for a minute, man. We, I got demos, man, that, that one day I'll, I'll play, you know, that, that we did. So you really could have been on the ground floor of the Wu-Tang. I was there. Right. I, I mean, you know, those guys came to my house. I had um, a condo in Long Island in East Meadow. And when we was recording the Gravedigger stuff, he he would bring them by. They all came by in this MPV. And they're like, yo, bro, you know, my friends. And like, yeah, whatever. Let's just get this Gravedigger thing right, by. Right, 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 you know right, right, right. I was all about music. You right. know what I'm saying? It was just all about music. I remember ODB and, and Genius, they they talked to me inside because, you know, when we were recording the Gravedigger stuff, the demos, they were like, yo, we think about putting this group together with us too. You know, would you be interested in doing some music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Yeah, but I got let me do scrape yeah, next yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, looking at I'm like, ah, oh, Paul. You know, I was there when they did the first Method Man album. They sat, I sat in on the sessions. They were, yo, Paul, what do you think? You know, because guys looked up to me. I was, right. I was, you know, kinda, you were established. I was established. You were established. And I'm man. like, yeah, this is cool, but I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then this thing blew up. You know, but everything happens in according to way it's supposed to. The universe doesn't make any mistakes. Right. So I'm like. You know, who knows? But And I taught with those guys. Right. Those great guys, man. Did you have any idea back then that Doom would be who he would, he would he'd become? No. No. And, you know, I think, man, I don't know. That guy's just so freaking brilliant. He reinvented himself hardcore. Right. You know how hard it is for an MC to reinvent themselves? Right. Producers could kind of change styles and kind of vary in certain things. No, what he did was unprecedented. Yeah, who, who else did that? Right. He changed his flow, his voice, the only everything. The other, only other person I could think of is maybe 2 Chains. 2 Chains. I don't even follow 2 Chains to even know that. You know, from Titty Boy to 2 Chains, but Doom still, with the mask, everything, man. Yeah, and he made it, he made it work. And he wasn't whack at doing it. That's the crazy. Like, Susie, guys, there's some kind of whackness that's involved. You know what I'm saying? You're like, it's either, you're like yeah, it's a little suspect. But 
Yeah, he did it seamlessly and just did way better. He just like I said he deserves it. Like very few dudes, I'm like, eh, you know, but doing such a nice guy, like a right. good-hearted guy and talented and talented man. Like he he deserves it. You know, right. used to seeing like crappy dudes like kind of winning. So it's yeah, kind of yeah, nice yeah, yeah. to see a good guy kind of you know do right. something. Grave diggers, how did that come about? Man, grave diggers. By the uh, way, uh, six feet deep. Is that what's yeah. One of my favorite albums of all time. Oh man, thank you. That 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 means a lot to me actually, because um, that's that record meant a lot to me in general because it, it it represented like a hard time. Like cats don't realize they're like, oh yeah, you know, they, you got the RZA. The RZA wasn't the RZA when when I made right. that. Like I put that record together like in ninety late ninety one. So it came out years after you guys worked on years it. Years after. Wow. It was, this was pre Wu Tang Protection Neck. Like, wow. Because I'm thinking that. when I because it came out after Wu Tang. It came out after Wu Tang because nobody wanted to mess with it. Right. Because it was just such a bizarre record. Um, I made that based off of I had this record label with with Russell Simmons. Call and it was called Doodoo Man Records. <laughs> and I just did, you know, I did it. Had my man. You weren't trying to win when you, when you nah. You weren't I, trying to win, man. And, and and they were mad at me. You know, Leor and Russell would call me up all the time. You know, once you start label, we got this REL thing. And I was like, this is how this is how young and stupid I was. Like, I will only do it if I could call it Doodoo Man Records. <sighs> and I remember Russell going like this. Oh, yo, man, can you just call like Prince Paul Records or something? Like, nope. The only way I'll do this. <laughs> what, was, what was the concept behind the doodle man? Uh, because in high school, no, in junior high school, I used to doodle like exactly how you see the emoji now, like right. the little piece of doodle. That's exactly what I used to like kind of just sketch out. You know when you're scribbling, right. you just put a cape on the doodle man. Ah, ha, ha. And that was the joke. Right. You know, it was amongst my friends. So I was like, yeah, you know, because I didn't take it seriously. Right. You know, it was it an was opportunity for me to employ my friends mm-hmm. with, with the label was for me. Right. That That failed. So... You know, and, and then all the success that I had that came really fast, like I could do no wrong at one point. At one point, everything I touched was going gold. Mm. And that was a really good feeling. Like, what? Oh, gold, gold. Did that gold, change you? Gold. No, it changed me in the sense of it, it made me really confident. Like, I didn't think it was going to last forever, but I just thought I was that nice. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? And some and some of those things weren't even deservingly to go get that good. Now, I listen back, it, you know, it was... I guess it was the times. Um, and then, you know, once I took the time out to do the label thing, I kind of dropped off. And that's when the Pete Rocks and the large professors and everybody started kind of coming up. Right. And I kind of lost time because I wasn't produced for people. I was so right. focused on this label that mm-hmm. the songs never came out. So, Did you regret having a label at the time, man? Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's, that's work, man. I didn't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. And, and, you know, I sat there and, you know, it was good money. If and, you're creative... You want to be creative. You don't want to run a label. Nah, yeah, it was it was, it was a lot harder than, than I thought. Right. And I remember sitting down with Russell one day, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, I know. Uh, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, he's like, you know, I'll have the you know the paper signed, and and it was cool. He was the cool. But That's it dope, man. Out. That's dope, man. Yeah, it it wasn't no stress. I'm sure I, he wrote off whatever right. he spent on me. Um, and, but what came with that time was like a dark period because nobody was messing with me. There was mm. like Prince Paul, he's played out. Right. And I think what really hurt was search was about to do, um, back to the grill again, right. whatever that the album is. And search told me this, he might disagree, but I remember this clearly cause it hurt my feelings. Cause he's like, yo, I went to Russell and I told Russell it was like, yo, I want Prince Paul to produce some of the record. And he said, Russell said, Paul, 
oh man, he's played out. Why you oh, want to get him? Man. So I'm like, wow, this I used to sit in his room in his in his house and right. I used to praise how great I was. That was about two years ago. Right. Now I'm whack. Now you fell off. Yo, I would call MCs. I'm not gonna say names and people I work with. Yo, I'm working on whatever. Cats would never call me back. Right. I was like, yo, this is real. I fell off. Yeah, I mean, you know, like this is real. Like I'm not worth anything. So Gravediggers was just me reaching out to cats who I thought was going through a hard time. I, I was like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna put our super pals together. I right. got Poetic, yes, who who was uh, dropped from Tommy Boy. He he did a whole album. He's from around the way, Long Island dude. Um, Fruquan, he parted with, with Stetsasonic. Him and Daddy got into a beef. He wasn't in the group no more. He was making clothes or something at the time. Like he had a, he had a brand? Um, nah, he was out of his house. Oh, he was making clothes. Clothes. You know, you know what I'm saying? He was just trying to get it together, right. you know, because he made clothes as well. Um, he wasn't really rhyming anymore. And then you had um, RZA, who did Ooh, We Love You, Rakim, and right. people kind of laughed at him because, like, yo, he got a top hat on. Cats was clowning him. He got dropped. He was in some legal problems at the time, which I, I'm not going to talk about. So he wasn't in, in, a, in a good place. Right. So all these guys were just, like, we was all bummed out. And I was like, yo. And I, I, they never met each other. Invite them all to the house. Like, yo, as individuals, they think we're corny, but as a collective, we're going to show them how nice we are. Right. And that was the thing. And so that's what I said that record means a lot to me because it was us coming together to make a unit that would be respected. How did you and RZA work together, man? Um, it was good back then because, you know, me and RZA both, I like to say like alpha males in a mm. sense. You know what I'm saying? But he wanted to learn. Like he would sit there and ask me tons of questions like how do I work this? Or how does this happen? Or why you do this? And And so it was cool. And I learned a lot from him because... He didn't where where technology was becoming a, a important part of production and people with computers and the grid and this and that. His thing was so freestyle. It made me kind of go back to the beauty of just making music out of your heart and not right. looking at a computer or looking at a time signature on a drum right. machine. Right, right, right. So we kind of helped each other. So it it was it was kind of easy. I would tell him what to do and he'd do it. Right. <laughs> and it's funny, man, because when you listen to that record, man, you hear elements of what would become Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah, I was very strict on RZA. Yeah, he, and he, uh, and you know, um, Graveyard Chamber and all those other songs. That was that was his style, man. And that's when he was using the Insonic, the ASR ten mm -hmm. had just came out. He was using the EPS. Um, it, yeah, it, it it was so much fun, man. Like the the hard part of it is at the latter part of making that record. Um, RZA put out protect your neck and it was starting to blow up mm. so it was just a matter of getting him into the studio right, 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 right. you know so i was you know i had the other guys record their parts and I have him come in whenever he could come in and record right. his part um and that 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 was the difference towards the end of the record but that record meant a lot man why, why did that record not do better than it did um one to go back is you know i said i, I put the group together in 90 end of 91 um the album came out in 94? 94, because 94, I tried to shop it. Everybody thought it was, yo, this is a gimmick. This is a gimmick. You know, remember, everybody's real sensitive because of, you know, people forget about Hammer and and Vanilla Ice. You know, it's like, gimmick, 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 real hip-hop, gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. So, you know, labels were, like, a little skeptical. You know, I brought it everywhere. I brought it to Russell Simmons later on, which he put out Flatliners, right, which was right, kind right. of ironic. Right, right, right. But, and, and everybody's, 
turn me down. So imagine you imagine you making a record that you're like, we're gonna pull our powers together because everybody thinks we're whack and everybody's going, You're still whack, even as <laughs> a collective. <laughs> so what that hurt. And it took all those years for G Street to pick it up. Mm. You know? Man, I used to listen to that record daily. And the only thing that knocked that record from my playlist was when Big Ready to Die dropped. Oh, and I was like, oh. That's a classic yeah, record. Yeah. And and that's and that's what changed everything for us is that, you know, we were in the days of like now remember I did that in ninety one. So right. I'm influenced Damn, by it. And, and it was it was so fresh in ninety four. Man, if it came out in ninety one was supposed to come out, I think it would did that was the time because if it came out in ninety one it'd been crazy. It would have been so ahead of its time. I was thinking of NWA niggas for life. Right. I was in that vibe. I was right. in that like, you know, and by Sonic layers and, and soundscapes and the whole nine. And Biggie ushered in along with Craig Mack and and Puffy just a new time, right? You know, and it it was it was a little more palatable than you know Gravediggers, which like well, what's, you know, what's, is this horrorcore? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So which it wasn't, but it got lumped up into that whole horrorcore. Yeah, that, that genre was, subgenre. That was that's Havelock Nelson. I remember right. he he came in, uh, Havelock Nelson, a writer, and he and he's like, what do you call this sound? He came up to G Street's. Uh, offices. I was like, I don't know. He's like, I'm going to call it horrorcore. Uh, it was, it was Havelock. Yeah, and I was like, no, don't do no, it, don't, don't do, do that. It. He did. And he looked at me like, he I'm did. Gonna he do did. it. He did. He did. <laughs> Damn, yo, listen, uh, Paul. Let's go to a break, man. Yeah, no problem. Internet, so you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show dot com. We got Prince Paul in the building. F your radio, F your TV show, and F your podcast. Yo, internets. You're now tuned in the Combat Jack Show, but we about to take a pause because it's about that time. What time? It's survey time. What time? Survey time. Survey these nuts. And we try. <laughs> nah, don't survey these nuts. Nah, we trying to get to know you guys out there, our loyal listeners and our fans who who rock out with the show. We trying to get to know you, and, and to do so, we need you to fill out this quick survey. It won't take more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered. For a chance to win a hundred dollars iTunes gift card, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. What you gonna buy with that? Not ninety nine, not eighty nine, a hundred dollars. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Once we know more about you, the listeners, we'll be able to help deliver the show and sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we get to give you deals and information on the brands you care about while keeping the show free to enjoy every single week. And if you don't care about helping us or making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Won't you? Yo, do it for the culture. Yo, Tumbo, what are you buying with that gift card? Man, on, man, I'm just trying to spend this money. Word, Mika, what are you buying? I'm buying all that music. And what? Sife? I'm buying all the latest trap music. Jorts. Jorts on Amazon.com. Jorts. Make sure you head over to TCJSSurvey.com. Again, that's TCJSSurvey.com. Get that gift card, buy some Jorts, a do-rag, and something for your girl. Yo, internet, you're tuning into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got Prince Paul in the building. That's right. Prince, man, on, on top of all these projects that you're working on, man, you're doing some great records, man, for some icons, man. How was it working with Kane? Whoa, Kane. Kane, that's my man. Um, love working with Kane. You know, he's one of those guys, like I said, that 
you meet and he's just mad cool. Like he's always the same person. Yes. And I like that. You know, regardless of what the success is, he's always a cool guy. And that's how I was working with him. Like he's very respectful. Okay, what do you think? Blah, blah. You know, some arrogance in being an MC and, and knowing you're nice. But at the same time, he takes direction. And I, and I like that. And that makes us work well together. He took direction from you. Yes. And, and that, with regards to what? Um, just like, hey, man, you need to do that over. Do it slower. Do right. this. Do that. Do right. You know, and he, he's good with that. Matter of fact, we had a conversation. He called me up out the blue sometime last year. And he was like, yo, Paul, what's up? I'm like, hey, what's up? You're like, what you do calling me? Uh, I mean, it's good to hear your voice. Right, but right. he's like. What's up, Kane? Yeah. He's like, yo. He's like, it's funny. He said, I did an interview. And he's like. He said somebody said somebody asked him um, about favorite producers to work with, and he he said he mentioned my name or something along the line. And he said he said Paul is the only producer to ever tell me no. Wow! And I was like, does that mean I'm get shot or something? You know? right. He's like, no. He's like, you know, he respected that because with with Kane or anybody I work with, but how do you I, tell I'm, Kane? I'm a, I'm a fan. How do you tell Kane no? Because look, if if you're a fan of of somebody, right. You want them to win. You want them to win, and you hear them a certain way. You can't hear them less than what they right. should sound. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And it it, it affects me <laughs> as a producer, and it, it obviously affects you. You know, you love them. Like, it's like your children. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not to belittle him, but just to give an example, you know, you don't want to see him get hurt. Right. You know, you want to like, yo, this, let's, let's make this work. And and it, it, and I, I care about the music enough, and I, and I hear you a certain way should never sound less than stellar right because i only know you as raw <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. so and and that and i would over not nah, again nope again nope again nope again. was he getting frustrated <laughs> yeah but you know it's for it's for the greater good right. it wasn't right, like right. i was being a being a douchebag right, right, you know right, what I'm right. Saying? it's like you know let's get it right you know and that that's when we did count macula on on uh the last song we worked on i did i had to do that and i did that a lot uh, on um, Count Macula for um, Prince of Monk Thieves. Yeah. What about a KRS One? Sex and Violence. What? Oh man, KRS One. Did you say no to him? You, you know, you know what KRS One <laughs> did. What he uh, KRS One would come in. It was him and his boy Willie D. I remember, mm -hmm. and he'd have a book of rhymes, and he was like, "Let me see how this rhyme works on this beat." <laughs> no, nope, that won't work. <laughs> Going through the page. How about this rhyme? Like he had stacks of rhymes. And I remember saying, hey, you know, all right, cool. We did this, this, the skeletons of this beat. You got, like, rough with the vocals. Let's come back and let me finish it because it's not done. And then the next time I heard the record, it was on the record. Right. <laughs> so I never finished it. So I get a chance to tell him no because right. he never gave it back to me. Right, right, so, right, right. So, you know, but he later on apologized. Which was which was nice of him, you right. know what I'm saying? Because I was hurt because I was like, man, this this isn't you, you didn't, let, you didn't let me finish. Yeah, it was you know, he's an alpha male, right? You know, and that's what it is. I know what works for me, you exactly. Know? And you know, and I have nothing but the most respect for him. Like, yo, he works hard, man, and he's a real MC in terms of like, I'm not gonna name names, but I was like, yeah, man, I'm working with such such. I'm just like, oh, he's corny. <laughs> <laughs> He's whack. He's whack. Why is he even rhyming? Yeah, that, that's that that's that's some MC shit. Yeah. Everybody else is whack. What? I like that. <laughs> I love that, man. What? This is dope. People don't do that anymore. People like I make more money than him, right, but they right. don't care about skill. Right, right. They don't. They, they're not, he's whack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? It was beautiful. How was it working with Cypress Hill, man? Latin lingo. Oh, Latin lingo. Yeah. I, Great with, record, with, by the way. Oh, thank you. With, with that one, um, they just gave me the tracks. 
So I didn't get a chance to actually sit in the room with them and and work on it. I know um, Muggs, I remember him from 783. Mm. Um, and I did some tracks for 783, it never came out. Like the record never came out. Um, and I think I think he was more instrumental in getting me to do that, you know, than anything else. And it was cool. It was an honor. It's funny. Right. I don't even, I forgot about that, that record. And Slick Rick, man. How's it working with Slick? Man, Slick Rick has to be, to me, like the best, uh, not the best MC, but like the most intriguing MC I think I ever worked with. Because How so? He was, it was in the middle, it was during the time when he had that little time out of jail. Right. Um, when Russell had him out recording, and right. he was recording a lot because right. they were trying to get as much done because they, they knew he was going to be in for a while. Right. Let's get as much recording done. Man, it's almost like, remember how Luther Vandross would just sit and sing effortlessly mm -hmm. or, or either like a Patti LaBelle? Right. And, and you'd see some people like, oh, they're straining. Well, Slick Rick is like a Luther Vandross when it comes to rhyming because he would sit back like it was nothing. And rhyme effortlessly? Effort, like it was nothing. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, okay, give me another track. Blah, 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 blah. On time, everything. All right, give me another track. Because he's talking to himself. You know how he right, rhymes. Right. But I was like, yo, yo, this is amazing. Like, it was nothing. On a stool, with a cup of coffee in one hand, book in the other hand. I was like, oh, this guy's like, it's like, it was nothing to him. Where I see MCs, they're like, all right, punch me in after it. He was just like, eh. That's crazy. I, I was like, yo, I've never seen anybody do it. Like, and I've worked with a lot of great MCs, and not to like, you know, belittle their, their, you know. Their prowess. Yeah, exactly. But he just did it in a way that I just never seen it before. Wow. And that, that stuck with me to this day. I'm like, yo, I've never, ever seen that. Right. You know, I wish I was, man, I wish I could film some of that. I know, man, right? Uh. The documentary. That'd be crazy. What? Well, yeah. That would be crazy. Um, Then you start venturing off, man, and you start working on these. I don't want to say weird, but you, you start working off these off-track projects, man. Oh, yeah, that's me, man. Um, handsome Boy Modeling School. Handsome Boy. What yeah. is Handsome Boy Modeling School, hey, man? Hey, man, it's the soundtrack to A Beautiful Life, man. Right. You know, it, it's... Uh, me Love and, that record, by the way. The oh, thank you. Me and Dan, the automator. So, how's your girl? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's yeah. so disrespectful, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. By some handsome guys with mustache. Right, right, right. Who, who'd, have, who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, me and Dan, the automator, you know, we got together. Um, he was doing Dr. Octagon at the time. I did this record called Psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. You know, it was better than a psychologist and a doctor. You get right. together, and our common bond was Get a Life, a, a show with Chris Elliott that was on Fox. Mm. That was very short-lived, and we would sit there and as two geeks and talk about the show. And, yo, remember the one, Handsome Boy Marlin School? Ha, 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 ha. Yo, let's make a, let's make a group called Handsome Boy Marlin School, just jokingly. One day he calls me up at Time Boy office. Yo. We're going to make a record with Tommy Boy called Handsome Boy Marlin School. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Apparently, he told them that we had a group called Handsome Boy Marlin School and we was working on it and they wanted to do the album. So it was a joke that we had to kind of right, live up right, to. Right, now right. we had to make the music. Right. And we just took it from there. We just had fun with it. So Great record, man. The first record was a great oh, thank record, you. man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we pieced that together in, in San Francisco. Two NPCs sitting in his living room watching TV. <laughs> just, is that handsome? I think that's handsome. Is that handsome? So was no. that was that what had to be? That was that the qualifier? Oh yeah, that, that's it, man. You had to sit there. I mean, you could tell. It's like, man, could, is that handsome? Could, yeah, could I have that's tea? not handsome. Could I have, like, could I have tea with that? Well, does this beat go well with a suit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we try to get that vibe, right? You know? The second record, white people. White people. <laughs> what were y'all trying to do with that record, man? Well, uh, 
it, it's it's funny. I, I think w- with that one, we were more trying to. I, 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 I hate to use commercial, but we were. It was like, okay, we're going to make this a little more accessible, right? Than the first record, and I think what, like in hindsight, like I think it's a good record, but I think what what fell short is some of the bizarreness of the first one. There's the innocence in the first record right. that I think was was kind of lost. But to me, it, it it was fun because I got a chance to work with Pharrell. Mm. Um, you know, uh, oh, 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 man, it's funny. So many people. Um, uh, ladies' man. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, so there was a lot of cool people, you know. And, and I have to give it a big, a lot of respect to Pharrell because he did that without asking for anything. Wow. You know, he was just like, yo, Paul, I'm a big fan. I love wow. your work and blah, blah, blah. And we just randomly recorded him at the backstage of one of his shows because he just didn't have much time. He's like, yeah, all right. Here, here goes headphones, portable recorder. All right. And he's singing his parts. That's know? crazy. And it's like, yeah, so what do you, no, don't worry right. about it. I'm like, look at that. And then you get like a guy, and I'm like, the name names. It's like, yo, when's that check coming in? Yeah. Yo, when's that check coming in? Where's my check? Yo, what's, yeah. what's the check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I said, what's up on your record? I, I need that check. I need that check, man. <laughs> yeah, how is it, man, that, that, how does it feel, man, where these young uh, producers come up to you, man, and they tell you that you're an inspiration to them, and then they become the Pharrells? Like, how's that feel, man? I mean, it, it's, you know, for me, it, 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 it's nice, you know, um, it, 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 it makes me feel like, like I actually did something important. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, I think as an artist, you want your music to affect someone's life in a positive way. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? And it sounds cheesy, but you, you're like a soundtrack to their life. You know, man, man, I, I got punched in the face when your record came. It's something, you know, well, I'm, you know, this happened. I met this girl. I was at the club or I remember this. And it's nice when somebody's like, yo, your music inspired what I did. But I think even greater for me, I like it when my kids see things like Pharrell. Because that happened. Like, he he was in front of my kids. And and, they, and he was going on about it. And my son was like, dad? Really? Him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, he likes your work. Right. So, yeah. So, that made me more proud than anything else. Is, is that it, it gave a chance for my kids to kind of see the impact. Of any, you know, more so than anything. So I'm dad. Cool. I'm dad around the house. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like whatever. Um, you worked on three Chris Rock albums. Yes. How was it working with Chris Rock, man? Man, that was, what is that process even like, man? Sitting around and just laughing with right. a bunch of comedians. Yo, Paul, what do you think? You think this is funny? Blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. But what about you know maybe the punchline here and how we? So it's just just sitting around with a, with writers, um, himself, and and we're just like you know just coming up with jokes and ideas and and uh it was so much fun you know the the, the work part of it which is heavy is the editing because right. it's a lot of dialogue right. and you know it, man that that's not fun because it's like you know it's not like we're Kane you'll do it over do it over do it over and get it right it's like eh, Paul fix it in the edit <laughs> now I got like it's like almost like I could see when somebody makes a movie you got like hours of film right, 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 so I right. gotta cut through all the hours of film until it comes into something more cohesive but other than that it's great man I wish all my records were like that the DreamWorks was great to work with you know they love Chris whatever he says goes it was just so easy that's crazy yeah, now what's the hire st- my friends it's beautiful what's the story about you not getting the executive producer credit so you not getting the Grammy Oh, it it was for the um, it was for the last record, right? 
because all three of them won Grammys. It was the last record, and in my contract, because I guess the first two records did so well, it was like, you're going to get executive producer credit for the last album. Right. And I'm like, bet. You know, that's like a big deal because right. that's, that shows people how nice I am. Not just the producer, but you know, I, exact you know, I, yeah, man, I, I, I exact, ran everything. Yeah. You know, so it comes out, apparently there's kind of a, a flub in the, in the credits and then they go, oh, oh, we forgot to put it on this one. We'll do it on the next run. But it's a comedy record. Right. There's no next run. Right, right, right. They're only going to make like 50000 100000 right, right, whatever, right. unless it like really blows up. Right. And I, and, I, and I lost that on that credit, man. man. That hurts me. That hurts me. It, w- it would look nice. I mean, I'm happy with having produced. I'm, ha- I'm happy, you know, that the records all won Grammys. But I, I like that credit for my legacy. Legacy to me is you, you, you want the Grammy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Yeah. That you, nice. you want that, man. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll be beautiful. But it it is what it is, you know. And... and I don't know. I'm really at peace with where I'm at. I mean, right. there's a lot of things like, man, I wish I could have did this. I could have did that. But you have to be at peace. I mean, all the stuff that you've accomplished, you can't look at the stuff that you didn't accomplish. Yeah, a lot of people do look at right, the right, stuff right. that they don't. They yeah, don't but that's not healthy, man. Nah, nah, it, it's not. You know, um, you know, you know. I mean, for years, man, like when I made a lot of those records, I was depressed. Like when I made Three Pan Rise and when I made. Um, what do you mean depressed? Feet? Like, like, like. Depressed, depressed. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it because it, it's it was just one as an artist, especially young artist. There's a lot of you put a lot of demand on yourself. Right. One, I didn't expect to be there, but once I was there, it's like, how do I stay here? And then you know, how do I please the masses, but right. most of all, please myself right. and still have a job? Right, right. So there's a lot of thinking going on, you know. And then you have, oh man, don't throw a girl in there. Oh my God, now she's stressing you because she wants time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's a whole lot of things at the same time. It was a lot of pressure, you know, and, and I just never thought I made my best record. Like, you know, Three Feet High, High and Rising comes out. I'm thankful. I'm like, but it's not my best record. Mm. I said, I've yet to make my best record. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's an ongoing, you know, process of trying to get there, you know, and, and when you're young, it really affects you. As I got older, I came to more peace with it. Now, I'm, I don't feel that way, but for all those early years, as goofy as those records are, I did it being depressed. Right. Wow. You know, so which is crazy. They're goofy, but I was depressed at right. that time. Um, Pr- Prince Amongst Thieves. Oh, yeah. Amazing record, man. Thank you. Amazing record. And not only are you producing this record, but you are directing this record because you have artists on that album that have roles as, as you know, they're actors slash artists and you're directing them. How was that, man? That was difficult because I, man, the process of that is I, I wrote that on tour. Like right. part of it I wrote on tour and part of it I wrote in the library. And as I wrote it, I had the ideas of who I wanted to play the parts. And, but obviously these guys aren't actors. And at the same time, it's, it's such a hush hush idea that I'm trying to make this record, at least to me, like I want no else to try to make the same thing at the same time. So, when I got the people to come in to play the parts, which thankfully a lot of them were able to do it, um, I never gave them the full script. So they only read the parts they were supposed to read, and right. I edited the whole thing from top to bottom, line for line for line for line for line, because I didn't want people to know what the story was or what was going on. Right. Um, like a real director. Yeah, man. That was hard because I didn't have Pro Tools. Right. I did it on a sequencer. Wow. On an ASR and this program called Master Tracks, which is just a sequencing program. And it took a long time to put that together. And I had 
guys do the lines over. Say that again, but say it like this. And I had to take the best lines mm-hmm. and piece it and the sound right. effects. It, it was it was it was a it was a labor of love, man. You know, I seen a lot of uh, nights turn into days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Working on that. But yeah, it, it was it was cool and and was good too. Is a lot of people I got working on it. You know, was people that um, people weren't checking for at the time. You know what I'm saying? So right. that that made it cool too. You know, I really wanted to get at the time. Th- this is a story I haven't told people. Is I wanted to get Biggie, yes, to play like a, a, one of the main characters. And I remember we I was doing it was the Gravedigger's second record. We was doing promotions in L.A. and I remember he just got into an accident. It was Little C's, and mm-hmm. I remember he had a cane. And we yes. we was doing radio together with the Gravediggers. And I remember meeting him, and I'm like thinking I'm making I'm about to make this record. <laughs> I should be talking about that. <laughs> I'm about to make this record. So here it is. I'm like, I, I you know, I know you're gonna be around. I want to talk to you about something. Where are you gonna be? I'm gonna be at the at the Soul Train Music Awards. Hmm. You know what? I can't get in, but I'll meet you there. Cause I want this I did some music. This is the idea right. I want to tell talk to you about. You know, I'm I don't know if you took me serious, but hey, whatever. I got caught up hanging out with this girl. And I was was like, I'll meet him some other time. I get a call from Newkirk. Yo, Biggie got got killed. I'm like, what? What? Where? At the Soul Train Music Awards. It's like, I was supposed to have been there. Right. Thank God for that girl. Uh, And I spoke to her not too long ago. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, because that was my mission, was to go there. Now, imagine stupid Paul at the truck going, hey, here goes the table. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, I mean, not saying that was the case, but he was one of the people. I wanted to get Chino XL to play a a part. But Chino had been blackballed at the time. And and, Chino, you know, and I spoke to Chino. I spoke to him on the phone because I was a big fan. I, I loved what he did. But every time I mentioned the cats I wanted to get them, they got mad at me. It's like, right. oh, I don't get him. And I was like, man, I can't get people to co-sign it. So I was like, eh. And then I asked Lou Rawls. Uh. And his manager shot me down. Right. He's like, I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I said, what you work on? He said, yeah, this Chris Rock record. Chris Rock? <laughs> He's not funny. Damn. But you know who's funny? Sinbad. Sinbad. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Now he's a comedian. Damn. And just based on that, he said no. That's he didn't crazy. even run it by Lou Rawls. Right. So I wanted to sing Mood for Love. Right. I asked Vanilla Ice, his manager shut me down. Right. So there was a lot of people, you know. That shut you down. Yeah. It shut but me there's down. a lot of people that are on it, man. I love um Everlast's role. Oh, Everlast. Yeah, he's yeah. Racist cop. Oh, he was really Touch. He was like, "Paul, you sure?" I was like, "You're acting. Trust right. me. It's acting. You gotta trust." Because me. he didn't want to. He didn't want to ruin his reputation. Nah, no, nah, not not at all. Right. And I can see where it could be touchy, but you know, he 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 did he did his job, right. man. I was really proud of him, man. Like, and he trusted me, which right. is even better. And he plays. He said he still be plays in his shows when he does it. That's crazy, man. Um, talk about psychoanalysts. Oh man, Psy- uh, psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis was a part, a, a point in my life where I thought my career was over. Right. And it's I, a record about depression, right? Yeah, I gave up on on life, you know, more or less. Okay, there's a lot, there's a few things that happened that led to that. All, you know, the grave diggers didn't do as well as I thought it would do. You know, um, I stopped working with Dayla, which was like, you know, depressing. Why did you stop working with Dayla? Oh man, it was, you know, it's when people make it out to be like this big like breakup, like oh, we wild out. It was just simply like 
a creative difference and it ran its course. You know, I, I was still on some like, yo, if it feels right, it's right. Right. And they were on like, if this record doesn't hit, our career's over. So, I, you know, I, I'm I'm more organic producer. Right, right, right. You know, and that's where we kind of just didn't work out. Right. I was going through a custody issue with my son at the time and there was no light in the tunnel for making music. I was like, this is it. It finally ran its course. And so a friend of mine said, hey, I, I'll give you an opportunity. I'm starting this label. It's called Word Sound. Make whatever record you want. I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. He's like, yeah, you're good for concepts. Think of a concept. And I made psychoanalysis. I called up some people, some MCs. I won't say any names. Right. Nobody would call me back. Right. So I got all my high school buddies, made this record that I knew that would just end my career. We talked about date rate. We talked Damn. about everything. Yeah. And it resurrected my career, ironic. Yeah. And a date rape song. Yeah. Was it a beautiful night for date yeah, rape? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful night. Oh, um, <laughs> you, you got into the crosshairs of C. Dolores Tucker. Oh, oh, that was during the Grave Digger oh, time. Oh, it was Grave Digger. Oh, what? I see my picture on TV. Right. I was like, what? With the Grave Diggers. I was so happy. <laughs> I, I made it, man. Right. You know, I was, I was, was on a hit list. Right, right. So psychoanalysis brings you back? Yeah, it was a weird thing. It's like, People like that record. Like, that made Chris Rock call me. That was my hookup with, with Dan Automator. And that was also Tommy Boy saying, hey, you, we want to put a record out with you. And that's how I did A Prince Among Thieves. So it resurrected my career. A weird record that I, I'm going to do every possible thing. If my career is over, I'm going to go out with a bang. A bang, right. Yeah, I'm just going to just make the wackest right, record right, right, ever. Right, right, right. You know, and, and uh, with just all my high school friends. And it, 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 I guess it wasn't meant to be because right. everything started back up. Right. You know? The politics of the business. Oh, politics of the business, man. You were angry then. Yeah, I, I was angry, and it was based on a conversation that I... I huh. It's based on a conversation I had with Tom, Tom mm. Silverman. And I remember that, you know, I was upset because they wouldn't promote a Prince Among Thieves. Like, I couldn't get a T-shirt. Right. I couldn't get anything. But meanwhile, like, Sex Mob got a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm like, but I, I made you guys money in the past. Right. Is there some type of loyalty? Yeah. Music business is a big learning lesson for There's you. No in life in general. There's no loyalty. So I was like, ah, you know, so I was hurt, you know. So he's like, singles sell records. What you made is and won't sell. I was like, all right. Sarcastic. I'll make a record full of sarcastic singles. <laughs> and that's what I did. And it and people took it the wrong way. Oh, Paulie's trying to change the sound. He's trying to do whatever. But I shouldn't expect the audience to know what I was doing. Right. And, and it was it was a sarcastic record. And Tommy Boy folded. <laughs> <laughs> and Warner Brothers got got took the catalog. Warner Brothers said we don't have no parts of this record, right? And it, I put it out on Razor and Tie. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was crazy. That 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 uh, yeah that that record it uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's Negroes on Ice? Oh, Negroes on Ice is me and my son DJP for real. Mm -hmm. It was just a, a kind of a fun thing that we did. Um, it was like a day in the life of my son. It was it was supposed to be like a like a one-man play type thing. Right. And so we just recorded it, and it gave him an opportunity to see the recording process and how things are done. Um, it's funny, like, with that, you know, we went around and we actually performed it in, in certain cities. Kind of like off-Broadway, right? Yeah, 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 kind of, kind of, yeah, something like that. And it, it's so funny because the response is either they thought it was the greatest thing they ever saw and it was funny or it was the worst thing that ever right. happened in their life. <laughs> so, you know, and, and we put it out on a CD. Some people like it, some people don't, but that's all my music. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't ride the, the middle. I don't make the same records over. I don't play right. it safe. Right. It, it's, I make what I make. 
and I and I ride or die with it. You say that you um, shaped your life so that you wouldn't have to rap for work, rap for food, right? And that you uh, made sure that you would be able to work only on projects that you wanted to. I and I try to do how, that. How so, man? Um, a lot of it is is I live below my means. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my brother put it perfectly because he he, under, he understood me. He's like, Paul won't spend $10 until he has $10,000. You know what I'm saying? I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, man, if, if the if the lights stay on, if, if, the, if the lights stay on and I got, a, I got a house, I got a car, everybody eats, that's way better than it was than how I grew up in the 70s. Right. And so I, I won already. Right. So I just put my money away. Right, 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 right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, and I still got nice things. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. I just don't need to have like... 10 chains. 10 and, chains. And right. if I do, you know, there, there was times where I seen cats that was losing their deals and I seen a chain. I was like, yo, if you want to sell that, I'll buy it off. Damn. I'm bargain hunting. Damn. Because I know you pay, you pay five grand for that chain and I'm going to get it for 500. Damn. Because times was hard. Times you know, is hard. What? Run that chain, B. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I win, you win. Yeah. So right now you're DJing? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm sp- You're back to DJing right now. Yeah, I've been spinning for a minute. Right. Like that, that hasn't it slowed down, right. but it hasn't stopped. Um, how, how was the Prince Paul party, man? Uh, <laughs> depends on when, when when you catch me. If you catch me back in the APT days when I had AV, we right. had we had bring a white girl night, ah. which, which 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 was a, which was a smash. Uh, that was a real night. Oh, it was a real night. And bring it was a big. white girl. Oh man, and and and, it was, and brothers were bringing white girls. And, and yeah, you bring a white girl, you get in free. <laughs> yo, just bring that back. That's so. That's so <laughs> Prince Paul, man. What? Yo, you know how it, it, it got so Prince Paul. It got praise and it got flack, so it was, it was so good because it got so much attention. Right. You know, all oh, the sisters can't. With it. Yeah, it was guy was so. No, weird. y'all could come, but safe though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you could bring white girl with you. Right. You know, I'm not, I didn't say girl. Right, man, right, 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 right. So and and it was cool. It was a cool night, and we did well. And you know, now now nowadays. You know, I spend a lot of the classic stuff. I throw in some of the new, newer stuff. Mm-hmm. But new it, stuff like who, man? Um, man, Odd Future. Mm. Um, I, I put it. I, I could see. I you think playing the last Odd time Future. I played was like like Bobby Schmurder. It's, mm. been, it's been a minute. Right, you know what right. I'm saying like this. This one, I haven't figured out exactly when I'm gonna play because I got to spend San Antonio mm. soon. Um, but a, a little bit of everything. But I, I try to blend it in seamlessly. Right. You know, like. I, I really think about how I sequence my my music. I just, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like go all willy nilly with it, right. as AV would say, you know. So, so it's it's fun, man. The, the next party, like the next ones I'm doing, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with. That's dope. I'm gonna man. wild out. Yeah. What, what were you doing with Scion, man? Oh, Scion. I've been doing interviews. Um, it's for ScionAV.com, and it is called the All Purpose Show. And uh, I would get on an interview. Um, People that Scion works with, for example, we did um, Joey Badass. We had um, Cheech Marion. Um, man, uh, it, it's all over the place. Uh, Cameron, mm. you know, uh, it's it, it, like I said, you know, a lot of like rock and roll bands right. and stuff. So it, it's cool. It gives me opportunity one to learn a lot about the about this music and appreciate it i mean it's funny like talking to a lot of the young cats like um man like vic mensa and, yes. and certain people it's like a lot of stuff i wouldn't know you know because there's so much stuff out there right but 
talk to those guys, it, it gets me interested in the music and then their perception of the music. Right. You know, because my, my thing is, and I've always stood by this, is I don't have to like it, but I, I always want to understand it. Right. I actually like his music. Right, right, right. But I ha- I want to understand it. Like, yeah. why do people like it? Yeah, like, yeah. what's the big deal? Yeah. You know, so. Yo, what, what's Brookzell? Oh, Brookzell. That's the new project. Um, It's actually going to be out on Tommy Boy. Yo, what's, what is it with you and Tommy Boy, man? I, I don't know, man. We just keep kind of coming back. You know, it, it's it's like a love-hate thing, man. It, it's, you, you know, Tom Silverman, I, I told him like a while back, like he reaches out to me and was like, hey, Paul, what are you working on? Yeah, yeah I'm working on stuff. Yeah, right. Finally, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this project. My man, um, Rodrigo Brandao, he's, uh, he used to be the Young to be Raps, right. um, host right. for Brazil back right. in the day. Right. Ladybug Mecca. Mm. And my man, Newkirk. Newkirk. Yeah, man. He's, he's always in the fold. And we put this band together and it's a fusion of like old traditional Brazilian music. Like what? Stan Getz, Joe Gilberto? Or? Oh, man. We're all in there, man. All day. It's hardcore. And we blend that with the aesthetics of, I hate to say old school hip hop, but kind of, yeah, kind of like the vibe of, of that. And it, it, we create a sound that I don't think I've, I've heard before, you know, um, at least my man, Rodrigo, who plays it for, you know, the cats in Brazil is like, yo, this is new. This right. is like really, really cool. So that I, I'm pretty excited about that. You know, that that should be a good project. What's Super Black? Super Blacks, me, Jay Zone, and Sasha Jenkins. Sasha, yeah, yeah. You worked with Sasha a lot, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sasha, we did the white white rapper show when I was yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. Sasha is he's, he's cool. He that was actually his brainchild, and, and it's um, Sasha's on bass, Jay Zone's on drums and vocals. I produced it, put it all together, and that that that's gonna rile up some people because you know Jay Zone's kind of going for broke on that. Right, he's not sparing any feelings. Uh, so so it's, it's 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 a real good project, and same thing. I've never heard anything like it before. It, it like I said, with both of these, either you're gonna hail me as a genius or an idiot. Right. There's really no middle ground. Right, 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 right. right. And I'm willing to to live with that. Yeah. You know? You're on Netflix. You're on a project on Netflix. Oh man, you got it all. Peabody and Sherman, me and uh and Wordsworth. The old school Peabody and Sherman. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's the old school, but done in a new school way. Right. So they so we have um. They animated us, me and me and Wordsworth, and we did do a little segment in the end. It's um called Ferris Wheel, and that yeah, it's it's, it's really cool, man. Like, it's it's really cool to still be working in some capacity after right. all this time, and something like that is, is pretty cool. Right, 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 right. Uh, you had a cameo in the breaks. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> How was that, man? Yo, it it was it was cool. You know, it, it, you know, Sorry, I I originally had tried out. And I got a call back, you know, mind you, I'm not an actor, to, to for the part that Method Man did. Okay. To play the dad. Right. You know. Oh, Method Man is such a mean dad. And oh, that. man, he killed it. They, right. they, they got the right guy. Yeah. So as a default, I got two lines, yeah, and yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was enough to give me a little buzz on the social media, which I'm anti-social media. Are you really? Oh, man, I, 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 I'm I not anti-social media, but I'm too private for social media. I right. I. I I go on there when I realize I need to. I'm like, right. oh man, I haven't posted anything in a few days. I'm looking for stuff. Oh man, this is it's difficult because I've always been private. It's hard. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't like showing people stuff. You know, yo, that's that's how you get robbed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do that. I don't. I'm gonna be here. Yo, I got this. Yo, look at this. Right. Uh, it's right. too much. It's man. Much, right. man, I just want to go home and eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make a beat. You know, hang out with your kids. Yeah girl whatever the case is and that's it you say your records are bitter 
You're bitter on your records. Is that bitter? Bitter, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. What are you bitter about, man? You've had this 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 successful career. What are you bitter about, man? I'm, I, bitter might be a wrong word, and, and then I apologize if I, if I use that. It's it's always trying to prove to myself that I'm not whack, right? And to others, I'm not whack, right? And that's that's the tough part about hip hop, huh? You always got to prove that you're not whack. Yeah, I'm, no matter what you've done. And, but the, I mean, we, even with the podcast, like we have to make sure every episode that we're not whack. You're not whack, right? You know, there's a level of pride in your work right. and, and and your legacy, and you you want it to like you know stand the test of time. And and but what, it, what's difficult for me is is at the same time I refuse to repeat what I've done and I refuse to copy. Right. So that made that gives me a very thin lane of people either loving me or hating me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But as as far as hip hop history goes. I'll be the first. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I would dare to say I don't know any producer, especially hip hop producer from my generation, who has done more diverse projects than me. Nah, nah, I can't think of anybody. I can't think of anybody either, man. Comedy, children's nope. records, nope. rock records. What, what, what children's record? I did this record called The Dino Five. It came out in 2007, 2008. It's with Wordsworth, Ladybug Mecca, Charlie Tuna, Ursula Rucker. Um and I, oh man, I'm missing Scratch from the root, mm. who's being the root. Right. Yeah, we did, and it won a Parents' Choice Awards, man. Really? So yeah, man, like I, I, I do a little bit of everything, and, and like I said, that and that's the beauty of it is to challenge yourself. Yep. A lot of producers play safe. Yo, this is my beat. And they run the same style, same kick snares. I'm all over the place. I love music in general. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sounds cheesy, and I always say that, but it's the truth. You know. Prince, what's next for you, man? Man, beside those records coming out? Yeah, and when are those records coming out? Oh, I could say sometime this year, right. 2016. On Tommy, but both of them on Tommy. Nah, um, just just the Brooke Zills on right. Tommy Boy. Super Blacks. Super Black is to be determined. Okay. Um, I, I'm working on another record. Like a, I haven't worked on a solo record in a while, but I have a solo record I'm putting out. I have to strategically figure out a way to get it to put it. I'm, I'm going to give it away, but I'm going to strategically figure out to give it away. Right. I might make a, a box set this year. Of just stuff that nobody's ever seen before, right. <laughs> you know. So it might be a part of that. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's the beauty. I don't. I don't plan too far, you know. Especially career wise, right. I, I I go wherever the inspiration hits me, and I try to save my money at the same right, time. Right, right, right. You know. You you seem like a really smart dude, man. Wow, thank you. You know, is he is he a smart dude, man? Smart dude, right? He's just saying that because he's my boy. Right, right. You, know what I'm you, you don't drink, huh? No, nah, I don't. Drink. And you don't drink. You don't smoke. I don't smoke. I, I politics and business too. I was getting lit. You were. <laughs> that was only for a second, right? But but I didn't drink any alcohol until like my thirties, and I I, I probably average until your thirties. To my thirties, I probably average maybe like ten drinks a year, right? At most. You know what I'm saying? I, it's I, something about non-drinkers, man, and non-smokers, man. That 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 there's there's a brilliance in that, man. Man, you know, I'm not gonna lie. There's times I wanted to smoke, man. There's times where you know you stressed out, your lady stressing you out, you know, things are going bad. But I figured this: if I took on that habit and I made a beat and it was dope, it'd become an expense, right? And I didn't want that expense. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, so right, I right. just kind of just left it alone. You know? Yeah. Um, top five. Top, MCs. Top five MCs? Man, that's hard. It is hard. Top five MCs. You know, Doom is in my top five. I could, I could easily put Doom in, in, in my top five. Yeah. 
and and I and he is a part of my top five. Yes. In no particular order, it would have to be Karis one, Doom. Um, you know, people get mad at me, but LL Cool J. Mm. Um, why? Why? Because LL Cool J, with the exception of the last few albums, has always made a record that made me wish I was LL Cool J. Mm. Anytime I feel like I want to be an MC, that's impactful. Right. <laughs> you know, I could like get in the mirror like blah 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 blah. I wanted to cut my car like blah, right, blah, blah, right, blah. right, right, right. That means a lot, and and it it, it I grew up with with a lot, you know a lot right. of this stuff. The original Rock the Bells, that's brilliant. Yes, um, that's three. Uh, I I would have to man, this is it gets really difficult. Um, trying to figure out who do I listen to a lot. Um. I could easily go old school, but I'm not gonna go too old school. Right. Man, I wish I could put Daylight as one as one MC. I mean you can. Okay. De La Soul. De La Soul. Amazing. And people are gonna get don't see this, but I, I see the brilliance in him is the RZA. RZA. Yeah. It, because I've there's stuff that we've done and stuff I heard him rhyme that nobody's ever heard that to me to this day. That's a great list, man. That's a great list. You know, it's a, it's a great top this is a great top five, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Hey, man, we could we can continue talking all night, man, but this has been great, Paul. I no, mean, this, this is this has been this has been long in the making. I'm glad you well, finally made I'm it. I'm happy I'm here because yes, people have always Yo, when you're going to be on the Combat Jack show. Today? Yeah, and it, today, it finally happened. Yes. And 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 I and I'm 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 glad to be here, man. Any regrets, man? Any regrets? Um besides some of the women I have dealt with? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm, I think, I think all the bad and all the good puts me where I'm at now. Right. And I'm at peace with myself. I mean, man, a lot of years, man, I would you know, just be upset and angry and just like, man, why this and why me? And, you know, even my mom passed, I couldn't figure that out. And, you know, you go through divorce, you go through this, go through that. You but went I through like, a divorce? Oh, but what? I can't talk about it. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, I didn't know you were married. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was married for a while. Right. It, 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 it uh, it made me. Who I am, right? You know, what I'm saying made me stronger. Yes, made me a lot wiser. Right, and it made me a lot more calm. Right, you know. Were, were you not calm? I was. I was antsy, man. I was like anxious. Were you, you know? breaking shit? Nah, nah. Just, just, just anxious. You know, right. like oh, because you, you know, you know what the problem is is a lot of people do, and and I'm at fault is you live so much in the future instead of the now. Impressive. So you're anticipating everything that's going to go wrong or could go wrong. Right. And if you're a guy who's very analytical, you're breaking every down, everything down. Like, if I say this, he's going to say this. If I do this, this is going to happen. Da, da. And you're so far deep into it, and it didn't even happen. Right. And sometimes, just, I, just, yeah. You just got to be. Yeah, you got to be. You got to live be. in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I try to live in the moment now. I mean, God bless, you know, his soul, Big Cap. I mean, come on, man. Damn, he, Big Cap. He, it's crazy. He was doing a, you know, preparing to do a party next yeah, day. He that's crazy. No that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Imagine you spend your last day, oh, God, he's just stressing out. Living the now. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. One last question, man, actually. How was it, man, when 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 uh, Tupac had beef with y'all, man? With, with Dayla? Oh, I had no part of that. You had no part of that. Nah, I didn't even know, I didn't even know they had beef. Right. This, is, this is news to me. You know, but uh, he might have called him out, he right? He called him out, yeah. Hey, man, good for them. <laughs> De La Soul, flabby <laughs> as fuck or some shit. Hey, man, I, I, hey, I think probably at that point, was I working with them still? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it was after Balloon Mindset. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, yeah I had no parts of right, that, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, God bless Tupac, man. Yeah. You know, thug life. Thug life. <laughs> 
Yo, very good, man. Paul, thanks so much, man. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I hope you, you feel better soon. No, thank you, man. I hope so, too. And, and I, I'm going to keep a friendly distance. No disrespect. No, no, no doubt, man. <laughs> no doubt. Yo, King, man. Yo, yo. What's up? Catalog, baby. Catalog. The catalog is sick. I'm about to go back. You know what I mean? Revisit some albums. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What's your favorite Jesus. album, man, other than The Grave Diggers? That, that I've worked on? Yeah, that you've worked on. You said The Grave Diggers, right? Man, that's probably like uh, your top five albums oh, that, um, that you that you worked on. Oh God, um, uh, Grave Diggers, yes. Prince Among Thieves, uh-huh. great album. Um, Three Feet High and Rise, yes. Man. Dead, My Soul's Dead had it's had some fun times, mm-hmm. and people are gonna freak out when I say this. Psychoanalysis, mm. man, like. Psychoanalysis was a depression album. Right. Anytime I li- but those records chronicle all the times in my life. So mm-hmm. I listen to them, I get something way different right. out of it than everybody else does. Right. It's whatever I was going through right. at the time. And that record, I was like, I thought my life was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, going back, we were talking about Everlast. Everlast. Playing a cop. Yeah. A racist cop. He, yeah. He was real kind of, he was nervous about doing yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it, right. man. He, he, was, he was like, uh, but people are going to think it's like, yo, it's acting. It's acting. I really had to push the, yo, it's acting, man. You got to go there. You got to be mad racist. But you know this isn't me, right? Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I know it's not you. Didn't you get like some offers to direct shit afterwards? I, I got, I got, a, I had a meeting with Miramax right. to like write. Right. Um, And I had, I had a, a Nickelodeon. I was working on a cartoon at Nickelodeon. Right. And then Viacom, whatever, had their little thing going on everybody got fired that was working on that a was cartoon that, and was got shelved. that was it the Miramax thing I just never took it serious right. like you know I never it's, it's a shame man like I'm a great artist but I'm bad for business because because you're I, an artist I go by my gut you're man. an artist man you know I just want to be happy right you know and money doesn't always equate happiness no, not at it all. helps it helps but it, it, it's it, a hell of a down payment it, oh man it, it definitely helps but I I just rather be me you know as long as I, like I could eat you know, I got clothing. My kids are happy. You know, I could I could supersize. We could go out. I could treat you right now to a good meal and supersize <laughs> you, and not and not worry about paying, making rent. Right. You know, I'm good. You're good. That's all I need. Very you know? good, sir. Very good, sir. Thank you, man. Yo, King. What are we doing? Taking Salute, this out. Man. Yo, internet. You know up. what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then glow up and live those dreams. Cause a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in Technicolor and surround sound. Blow. No manana. This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Networks production. I hope you bum-ass motherfuckers ain't ever more than a podcast. I don't give a fuck if you play it or not, bitch-ass bums. I unsubscribe to all your shit, and I, I ask... My best 10 people that listen, that fuck with y'all, to stop fucking with y'all. I just finished listening to that interview with that slimy, guinea fuck piece of shit, Michael Dowell. I'm calling live from the 75. This is East New York. You motherfuckers got a lot of nerve embracing that motherfucker. You black smurf, you Haitian fuck you, you Haitian piece of shit. That's your new name, Haitian defecation, man. You interviewed this dude. You know you're the only black asshole that fucking embraces this dude, and you on the video taking pictures of this motherfucker calling him official? How is he official, man? He preyed on the black community, man. You know how many arrests was 
overturned and convictions overturned and vacated because of this slimy piece of shit. This guinea fuck. A dirty cop is worse than a fucking snitch, man. What the fuck is wrong with y'all giving this guy a platform, man? I understand why the white guys do it, but when you do it, then you be talking about all this old black upliftment and black unity, all this bullshit. Yo, real talk, man. Do yourself a favor, man. Don't speak to no more black issues. Don't talk about none of that shit. Just do your fucking bullshit-ass podcast, man. For real, man, because you sound like a troop, and you a fucking sigma. You just a fucking internet troll that got just on in the fucking media by luck, man. You don't you don't have no integrity. You don't have no fucking principles. I don't even how the fuck you sat down with this dude and fucking embracing this this fucking cocksucker. I don't understand that shit. You a sigma? This is the reason why the fucking black college fraternities and that's why the shit is the way it is. No leadership. You a part of a frat? You, you give the whole fucking frat a bad name, man. Just, you know, just, yo, man, I, I hope an earthquake hits your house, man. You can go back to Haiti in the raft. Your mom came on, man. You 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 are fucking, you are the worst, man. You are the fucking worst. You are Haitian defecation, man. You are the fucking worst. Word up, man. Just, oh, you motherfuckers, man. Y'all just don't get it, man. I could tell you're in the street, dude, man. You keep saying you're a lawyer, man. You say that a hundred fucking times. How many times are you going to tell us you're a fucking lawyer? You know you're in the street, dude. You don't got no fucking principles, man. This guy, yo, man, I'm telling you, man. You tell that butt plug boy, your little butt plug boyfriend, yo, man, if he shows his face in East New York again, man, I don't think it's going to be pretty, man. Word up. Fuck you and fuck your show, man. And fuck your, your Twitter and fuck all that shit. And P.S., fuck that new goofy bitch, too. Fucking King Kong bunny-looking bitch. Fuck, bitch.